Arkansas Moderati Podcast. Here we go. I'm, I could not be more continuously irritated by the fact that anytime there's any criticism at all, the governor of this state reflexively calls any critic of her administration or her ideas the radical left. I just It just makes my skin crawl every time she does it. Yeah, and I think it's very transparent to most people who understand the politics of the state understand that there's probably a handful of two dozen radical leftists in this state of three right. million people. Yeah, I think we saw a polling on this a couple of weeks ago that said that 10 percent of Arkansas voters identify as Democrats and then something like 30 or 40 percent identify as moderates. And I just don't understand why this radical left thing lands. I do, I just, I reject the idea that the 50% of the people in the state that identify as conservatives look at everyone to the left of them and think of them as radicals. Yeah. I'm not sure that they do. I think that I don't they're, think they do. I think that they're trying to, to cater to the party base, which is this, which they believe is this MAGA group. I tend right. to believe that it's different. I think the MAGA movement in Arkansas is going to slowly dwindle. I think a lot of people are coming up and saying they watched J6. They watched how things went down during both the indictments the, as well as the impeachments, and they're starting to see that the oil salesman is trying to sell snake oil. What I want to focus on when we talk about this stuff is, is that we do have a big group of pretty responsible, normal, good Arkansas Republicans right. that are out there right. who are not radical to the far right as much as most Democrats in the state are not radical to the far left. And I think that piece of the pie, those people who are really good, solid neighbors, friends, people that loan each other tools and and go to movies together and things like that. I think Football those are the Republicans. Are, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I have a boat and I have a guy that came down and worked on it over the weekend. And the guy could not be more Republican. He was talking about it and everything, but yet he kept saying, I'm just tired of having to feel like I've got to be angry with people. I'm tired of feeling like I have to hate people. He goes, you seem to be in the middle. And I took that as a compliment because most people say I look like a Republican guy. And he said, the way that I see this is that you and I are down here having a conversation. We're doing business together, and that's just the way it should be. And if I believe one thing and you believe another, what the hell difference does it make? And I just sat there and nodded because it was exactly the yeah. truth. Now, his political beliefs couldn't be any farther away from mine, probably, but I don't have to hate him. But the other thing that I think it's lost in all this talk about left versus right is that we – there's a fairly new, I think – movement in this country to split each other up into to try to create hundred percenters where it's like we're forced to ignore whatever percentage of things we agree on in the constant pursuit of party purity you know what i mean and rather than make progress on the 20 or 30 or 50 percent <clears throat> of things that we can find common ground on we stand across the room and look at each other skeptically rather than come together and say, okay, you and I have complete disagreements on these things, but here's a place where we can do this, the state's business or the country's business, whatever the case may be. And I think if we would get back to a place where we would just make progress on the things we agree with across party lines, then I think it would have kind of a healing effect that would spill over and suddenly we'd find ourselves able to negotiate on the hard things that we have a more difficult time 
reaching a consensus on. Yeah, but it's not going to come, that type of mindset's not going to come from the leadership that we have on the right. Oh, uh, no, and absolutely not. When I've gone out to several different meetings of Democratic folks in the state, and I'm a, a pretty deep, thick former Republican, so sometimes that's been a weird experience for me. But when I go and listen to Democrat leaders in the state talk, they talk about bringing people together. They talk about, we need to have a little bit more consensus. We need to have an open mind about things. We need to take care of each other. We need to pay for each other's healthcare. When we're having a hard time, we need to feed people when they're hungry. It comes across as very be attitude-ish. It comes across mm -hmm. as the way that I would expect religious people to believe, but those folks are not the ones that are trying to control the narrative. My former party is the one that tries to control the narrative and they do it not by diving into the issues like a Democrat would and being really wonky and trying to prove that they're smarter than everybody else, which unfortunately I believe that's what a lot of Democrat folks want to do, but they do it by crystallizing these thoughts into three to five word little themes that can be glommed onto by anybody of any education level in any place. Yeah. And therefore it, it puts people into buckets. So using the radical left is not because she believes that there's a huge batch of radical left people. She uses it because it's really easy to repeat. And anything that is evil in their eyes, anything that is not along their aligned with their beliefs, suddenly can be, you can just say, that's the radical left at work. And they want to kill your babies. And they want to be able to kill babies until they're 30 days old out of the womb. And they want to blah, 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 which is absolute insanity. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a shorthand that they use to signal to their base who they're speaking to and draw some lines and the boogeymanism <clears throat> that this party has engaged in for the last 20 30 40 years no matter how you want to slice it i think there was a point where we had some very well-defined external enemies and that the focus on them kind of kept us from being at each other's throats and when those external enemies vanished, we had, our politics had functioned that way for so long that we searched around for a new enemy and over and over again, we've, the enemy that we found is ourselves. We yeah, started, absolutely. You know, we got out of World War II and everybody thought we were, we like to portray ourselves as very righteous and then we went to Korea and then to Vietnam. And then that was our enemy, communism behind this behind this proxy in Vietnam and Korea. And then that went away. And then Russia reared its head. And Ronald Reagan said, we need to be afraid of Russia. And the right. bombs are going to fall any minute. And then Russia fell away. And then it was not even plausible to be afraid of the former Soviet states anymore. So Islam came along, which was a right. real threat. But still, it was very easy to hate people that are very different. And you could make these three to five word slogans to Sharia law. make sure Sharia law. You just talk about Sharia law, which has zero chance of being implemented in a place right. like the United States. And then that kind by of Muslims away. anyway, we, we seem to be doing a pretty good job of yeah. implementing oh, Sharia yeah. law by another name yeah. here. The uh, yeah. domestic Sharia law seems right. to be something that's working these days, <laughs> but we banished all of these supposed enemies over time. And so we wind up in a place where there's nobody else to hate, but each other. Right. Oh, okay. Let's hate the baby killers and let's hate the people who want to bleed the country dry. And so they've been hyper-effective at doing this. One thing I admire the Democrats for, and I also think they're stupid for, is by is the fact that they don't play that game. I like the fact that they don't play that game. They don't get into this, who's the boogeyman and who do we need to hate today? But by the same token, they don't play an alternate game. They, they've got right. to find an alternate game of being able to point out ludicrous things as ludicrous when the ludicrous shit happens. And right. that's what Democrats are not very good at. They're not bloodthirsty yeah. about their position. And it's because the left in this country doesn't have a 
a solid base where everybody believes the same 12 things. It's a little bit more of a freedom of belief to take and pick and choose and curate what beliefs you want to have, because that's what we are as humans, whereas the Republicans fall in line. And whereas people who 20 years ago said, I think abortion's probably okay in some circumstances. Now they say, absolutely not in any case, blah, blah, blah. But I think portraying all Republicans as that is incorrect. I think there are as many fence-sitting Republicans out there as there are Democrats that believe in multiple things. I think moderates tend to swing Republican just because it's a more traditional sounding political philosophy. I think I think what conservatism means right now to the party at least is in flux and that they're spending an awful lot of time speaking to that MAGA base and taking moderates for granted. Like they it's become so tribal they just expect me to vote with them because I have identified as a moderate right of center voter for so long that it would be repugnant to me to just pull the other handle. I am waiting for candidates to describe a country that sounds good for me to live in. You know what I mean? I, I think I, I approach politics pragmatically. I think there's a certain amount of the politics of the moment involved here where I look around and it's not just a question of the talking points that the party endorses. It's a question of what's going on in the country right now and who is the right person to kind of address the issues that the country is going through at that moment or the state or whatever. I think that pretty much covers the moderate idea for me. The only thing I would say is that the other issue that I think leftist liberals have is that they come to moderates and ask them to 100% endorse ideas that they've only recently become able to tolerate. And rather than give people a little bit of space and understanding that these are serious issues and that real lives are being affected by these issues, it's still, there's a traditionalism that you can't just by a matter of, you can't offhandedly expect people to just right. give up the center of their identity. Yeah, but that's that's been that's been a way that progressive ideas have actually become more mainstream over time. As an example, like in the 70s and 80s, I can vividly remember my father and my uncle being visibly visibly uncomfortable with interracial marriage. Sure. It bothered them. They, yeah, it's not that it's not that long ago. Yeah, cuz my dad was born in the 1920s and he he grew up in a very different America, but he would say, "Look, I'm not all that comfortable with this, but I know that it's probably right. And I know this is probably where we're headed. So I don't stand in opposition to it. I'm just, right. I'm, I have weird feelings about it. And at the time that was seen as a progressive stance. It was like, okay, this guy's trying to bend his ideals and his, his in most innermost moral feelings. He's trying to bend them to make sure that he's yeah. along the right side of history. But Democrats today are not happy with that. So if the Democrat mindset had been in place back, then there would be people looking at my father and saying, unless you come out and write a 10-page thesis on why interracial marriage is correct, <laughs> and you go and you hold a sign at every parade we tell you to hold a sign at, then you are a racist. And that is incredibly dangerous for us to move forward, because if somebody had said that to my father, 
he was a pretty smart guy, but he might've said, screw you, yeah. then I'm going to go, I'm right. going to go way back over to the other side and right. just say that it's absolutely wrong. So yeah. progressives in their quest to make progressive things happen, act in unprogressive ways. They, their actions actually have the endpoint of sending people back to where they started from and having them rethink it. Oh, if me thinking this way, if me bending a little bit is going to make me a racist, then I'll just go back to the way that I believe before because it shouldn't matter. I think Democrats, which fair balance, I'm a, I was a lifelong Republican until 9-11, but man, since the last 10 years, I've voted almost down ballot everybody from the Democrat side because I think yes. the GOP is a danger to the Republic. But Democrats don't do this effectively. They don't no. change hearts and minds effectively. No. And and Joyce Elliott, God, I love her. She stood up in front of everybody and said, if you guys are going to call Republicans racists and inbreds and assholes, we're going to lose every election from now on. That's Democrats exactly right. Are That's lose. exactly right. Yeah. I just couldn't agree more with that statement. It, it, there's a, uh, somebody said to us not long ago that Democrats and conservatives don't really speak the same language. Like it's a, a genetic difference in the way they absorb information. And I think that's exactly right. And I, I think I, so many of these issues to me feel like things that in the classical definition of conservatism would be personal private issues or freedom issues. There's, a, there's an opening here for the Democrats to adjust their messaging just a little bit and bring a lot of moderate middle right people into their, not movement, but to kind of get to a point where they might in privacy and the darkness of the voting booth be able to <laughs> convince themselves to support ideas that are more in line with the, you know, the type of conservatism. I was always raised that a small government conservative, the centerpiece of that was to keep the government out of your daily lives. And it just feels like there's so many issues now where, you know, 15, 20 years ago, the things we're discussing would have been at home. In a discussion between right. people in both parties. Exactly. That now we've not switched places, but it just doesn't feel like it's one of the Lincoln Project guys said, how do you turn your back on your most closely held beliefs? in such a short period of time. And he said that the obvious answer is that those weren't your most closely held beliefs. <laughs> it was something that you did to convince people to, to vote your way. And once it became politically expedient to turn your back on that for to, to catch up with the changes in your base, they did that. Yeah. And to back up what you said earlier about being a long-term conservative, that's where... I broke with the conservative party was when it became clear that so many of the ideas that they had used to convince me to support them over the years were, were not things that they really felt strongly about. It was just bumper sticker sloganism and electioneering that they used to convince me to support them so they could get into office and then ignore all of those axioms. Yeah. A friend of both of ours has a saying, it's it simplified to the nth degree. It's just some shit is just not my business. Yes. And how you believe on certain things, how a person believes on certain things is just simply not my business. And if you want to go back to what made America great, which yeah, one of the things that made America great is that there were just certain things that 
that there was just not much use talking about. If you had a neighbor who was a good neighbor who watched your stuff, who took care of your kids every once in a while, but down deep in their heart, they were they didn't believe that gay people should have the same rights as others. Yeah, that's not optimal. But at the end of the day, the good in the relationship far outweighed the one issue that right. you, that you didn't agree on. And, but where the Democrats have gone wrong and the Republicans have gotten it really right is is what our friend a consultant told us the other day. So you've got so you've got the elitist on one side, and you got the assholes on the other side. But the asshole never made me feel stupid. That's exactly right. And that's where the MAGA base and maybe the periphery around that has been lost maybe forever because we stood up and said, the things that you believe in are absolutely stupid. Whereas 35 years ago, my dad had beliefs that that eventually he would he and his generation will die out and progress will happen. But yet nobody was sitting there saying he was stupid. That's how it became uh, they, uh, George W. Bush voter. <laughs> There are plenty of times when Vice President Gore made me feel like I just wasn't clever enough to understand the nuances of his message. And also at that time, there was the PMRC that I felt like they trembled on freedom of speech for artists. Take that for a second <laughs> that you had the, the de facto second man in charge of the Democratic Party coming out in favor of censorship. Times change, right? Times yeah. change pretty dramatically. And if, and we, whether we want to or not, we change along with those times. But what the okay. Republicans have done so effectively is to say that times should not change and right. you should not change your beliefs for anything. And this whole concept, people don't understand it because it's so easy to have plausible deniability about the term make America great again. Why would you not want to make America great again? The whole reasoning behind make America great again is to make America great again to the time when blacks knew their place. Right. And if they didn't, they were punished. Gay people stayed in the shadows. Hiding, right. People who lived any type of alternative lifestyle or whatever were quashed. And right. that there was this certain purity about what society did. Guess what? That was made up by Hollywood. Those days never, yeah. ever existed. Yeah. It's easy to talk about the importance of freedom as long as what you're offering is the freedom for everybody to be exactly like you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Free, right. Freedom gets a little bit frayed around the edges and you have to be okay with that. And I naively thought that's what conservatism was selling was the free, especially for a party that, you know, outwardly endorsed the rugged individualist so often. Apparently there was only one kind of rugged individualist they were endorsing. Yeah. The before we found out that he had AIDS, Rock Hudson was who we were endorsing. The boy next door uh, never took any extreme or out of the mainstream, I guess is a better way to describe it, viewpoints and just went along with the flow of whatever the prevailing wisdom at the time happened to be. Anytime you get outside of that stream, you're suddenly a radical leftist now. That's a that's an interesting seg. Let's talk about the tools that they use. Okay. So I just typed in the word radical leftists on Twitter. And the first thing that comes up is a tweet saying radical leftist group is preventing Trump from obtaining top tier lawyers. So this is a tiny tweet in a tiny little sentence yeah. that probably a tenth of a tenth of a percent of Americans will read. But it it totally shows how they use language to really create something in your mind, because if you read that, you're like, yeah, the radical leftist is preventing Trump from obtaining good lawyers. They're doing everything in their power to take our guy down when the reality is 
Trump doesn't pay his lawyers. Doesn't and take their advice. <laughs> several of them get accused of crimes. But wait, and some yeah, that's of them the, go to jail. And that's so the operative part is that he's completely willing to put his lawyers in a place where it's they who have to end up going to jail rather than him. It's like, wasn't me. It was the, the lawyer. It was Michael exactly. Cohen. <laughs> Because you know that your favorite president would never do anything illegal. I would never. But the use of this language is so critically, like, evilly good. And not good, right. but pro proficient and efficient. Yeah. That, well, they've oh, been focus grouping how to talk like this for exactly. 40 years. They, we, I'll say, I'll go ahead and say we. The We as the left are very, right now, politics of the moment. We're so busy just dealing with what happens day to day that we haven't stopped and created a long-term infrastructure in the same way conservatives have and conservatives have been at this for a long time so now we come full circle because if you use yeah. the two to five word slogans and you bucketize people into these buckets it's so easy to believe stuff that's absolutely implausible for example right in late 2020 trump is going around saying the military is at the strongest it's ever been my, my generals military. My military, my generals are doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Everything is fantastic. So yeah. there's a million people in our military. And somehow from November, from the beginning of November, when the election happened to about February of 2021, the military and those million people became woke. It became wow. decrepit. All the yeah. machinery was falling down. Everything was breaking. We're Nothing out of bullets. Working. Yeah. We're out of bullets. Yeah, that was a big thing. We're out of bullets because... In the four and a half weeks that Biden has been here, he's completely depleted our military. Okay, if you spend more than 15 seconds in critical thought about what they're saying, then you pick that apart and you say, yeah, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my right. life. But if you adhere to these three-word mantras that they throw out there, the woke military, yeah. decrepit, declining military. The woke you, military. I mean, has there ever been a woke military? <laughs> ever. Exactly. You're able to put yourself in a position where you'll believe just about anything. But what I would challenge the Republican brothers and sisters out there is to really give it 15 seconds of thought before you glom onto this stuff, because it if you think about it, and I really believe a lot of Republican people are doing that these days, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If yeah. you give yourself 15 seconds of thought, then you look and you say some of these things that, that they talk about is absolute ridiculousness. Yeah. The Republican blueprint for what is going on today is clearly was clearly written in the mid to late 70s and it has been on a path towards mm -hmm. execution forever yeah so what i want to say to my republican brothers and sisters and the guy who was fixing my boat this weekend or is take a few seconds to think about whether or not sarah huckabee saying all of the radical leftists want us to indoctrinate our children whether or not that's even reasonable to even mm -hmm. consider you guys, every one of us, Republican, Democrat, and Independent, we know a thousand teachers each. I don't know a single teacher that I look at and go, that's a communist indoctrinator right. there. That yeah. person's trying to change my boy into yeah. a girl. Yeah. It's just implausible in a state like this. If you've spent any time in this state and sat at football games or gone to the mall or coffee shops, whatever, any of the places that people gather, it's impossible to locate people that as soon as they get into these fiendish public school environments, they begin rubbing their hands together and plotting to turn these children into something unrecognizable to their parents. I, these are the same public schools that I went to. 
and I can tell you, not a radical leftist in the bunch. Certainly not a plotting. They didn't turn anybody you know, I know gay because the not, people who <laughs> I know who were gay anyway. Right, yeah. And if anything, the teachers that I knew growing up, regardless of their feeling about gay individuals, they at least adhered to the Beatitudes enough to say, look, right. I love you as a person first and foremost. Right. And, you know, what's going on with whether or not I believe in your sexual orientation or yeah. how you want to portray that, it just doesn't matter because you're a kid in my classroom. Some there, of are no in, there are just no indoctrinators in the state. And if there are, I'll be the first one to say they need to get the fuck out of here. But it's a little bit, they've made this claim. And they haven't shown any evidence. They're, who's the worst offender of what you're describing, the problem you're describing? They, they don't have any. There's no one that they can hold up. By now, we, we would have McCarthy hearings with names, and, but that's exactly what this is. It's like when McCarthy said, I've got the names of hundreds of communists in the State Department. Well, okay, let's have those names. I'm not going to give you any names. It's, they say these things, and everybody thinks, oh, how terrible, how terrible, oh, how awful. There are these groomers in our schools that are turning it, which if this is a new development, then where did the LGBTQ people that we're surrounded with right now come from? You know what I mean? If it's just a matter of it suddenly becoming an issue, then how did these people sneak through back in the make America great times that they want to return to? It just it's it just defies logic in a loop over and over again that if somebody just repeats the same mantra to you over and you don't stop for a moment to do any research or critical thinking on that, of course it that's the that's how propaganda works. You suddenly find yourself just repeating this sloganeering without stopping to ask yourself for a moment if there's any possibility that it's accurate. And I caution people all the time to take a moment to challenge their own assumptions. And I do, this is something that I do to myself to a fault where it's, I don't know if you've ever had this moment where you're like, wait a minute, these people believe this so strongly that maybe, maybe I'm the one that's misread the situation. Maybe I need to go do a little <laughs> bit more research. You know what I mean? And then I read into what these other people are using as evidence and it's empty. It's hollow. Like I said, there's no list of manipulative teachers that have that are responsible for thousands of I promise you one thing I promise you one thing if and we've been ignoring the elephant in the room so to speak but if Sarah Huckabee Sanders knew of radical leftist indoctrinator teachers there would be a published list of names and addresses exactly and right. so every time she says about the radical left or about indoctrinators I, I simply want to scream from the top of the hill name one one name one right. in Mariana, Arkansas, yeah. or in Bentonville, Arkansas, or anywhere. And now I can name plenty of teachers, actually more likely PTO members or those type yeah. of folks who want to indoctrinate people to a more right-wing ideology. Absolutely. I, but I can't name teachers that are indoctrinators, not right. one single teacher that is right. an indoctrinator. So much of the Learns Act, I feel like, is about the reverse of the indoctrination that they're describing. It's hardcore, non-critical thinking, accepting of whatever the state tells you to believe indoctrination, which but, I, I've but, said to you before, I approach all of this from a standpoint of a less educated public is easier to control. Don't question the state. Just we're the ones that you can trust. We're the ones that are going to tell you the truth. And anybody that opposes what we're saying is the radical left. 
I agree with what you said, except I don't think it has to do with education. I think it just has to do with willingness to listen, to be enlightened by what's actually happening out there. It's really bright people that I know that will repeat these mantras over and sure. over again. Yeah. And when I say bright, I mean educated, well-educated sure. people that speak well and that that repeat this stuff. Yeah. It's just awful. So I know. It's hard to, to understand. I feel like a lot of this is about the MAGA offering cover to people that, for whatever reason, have a pet deplorable behavior (laughs) they don't want to be held like they want to go back to a time when it was acceptable to say awful things and not be held to account for it all right i don't want to edit any more than this okay that sounds like that's how we're going to end every podcast from now on i don't want to edit any more than this yeah that's the end i've reached my editing point